You're listening to the Salesforce Marketing Cloud podcast for the UK financial services community. Our aim is to let you know what's happening, when it's happening, and how you can get involved. We'll keep it short and in downloadable form so you can listen wherever you are. Hit subscribe to get notifications of new episodes, news, and announcements. I'm Miles. And I'm Joe. And we work at Salesforce in the UK. As ever, any views here expressed are our own. That's right. Don't base any purchasing decisions based on what we say. Just sit back, enjoy and learn. So what are we talking about this week, Joe? Well, today, Miles, given where we are in the current economic climbs, we're going to have a discussion around how to approach investment in MarTech. On a good day, we know that it's difficult, but where we are right now towards the end of 2022, I'm sure that many people are thinking on a personal note about their finances, but also from a business perspective. We're all huge fans of marketing and we know how important we are but how does that fare in the wider scope of the business? So how do we approach our investment in MarTech, especially in an economic downturn, is our topic for today. Sounds good. So, yeah, we have a very special guest with us who's going to discuss this topic with us. And I know that she'll have a lot of um, personal experience of the kind of challenges that come with this. I also know that she's extremely accomplished as well. Hilda, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. This is Hilda Tingle. Um, Hilda, would you kindly introduce yourself to our audience, please? Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Miles. Delighted to be here. Thank you for all those nice words. <laughs> a little bit of background. I head up digital marketing globally at uh, BNP Paribas Asset Management. So I joined way back in uh, 2019 from JP Morgan, where I spent about 14 years in various marketing roles. And my background has always been in marketing, direct marketing, uh, advertising. Thank you, Hilda. As I said, you know, that's testament to the experience that you've got. Now, it's great and we're here to talk business, but let's get a little bit personal. I know that loads of people now will go and look you up on LinkedIn. So what is it about you that they won't find on LinkedIn that you'd be happy to share with us today? I played a piano. Oh. I completed and passed all my exams up to grade eight, which is the highest level uh, that, that you is get with piano lessons. Uh, I did that ages ago when I was a, a little kid with the Royal School of Music. So there you go. Oh, wow. Well, I can play the yeah. piano. <laughs> You, you well, seriously you can play the piano. You can play the piano by the sounds of it. It's very humble. Very, very good. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, like, it's all Chinese parents want their kids <laughs> to play the piano. So I'm one of them. <laughs> I, I love I, it. I'd like, my, I'd like my son to play the piano as well. It's great to have you here as well. I think from a, a business and marketing perspective, we know that you've got great credentials. So let's also do the disclaimer. You are not a Salesforce customer. So we're not here today talking about Salesforce products. We're having an agnostic view of technology in the sector uh, from one of our external gurus. And I think with that said, why don't you give us some of your thoughts on how companies are thinking about investment in the current climate? Because it is a different time right now, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. And this is a tricky situation we're in. So it's a question of managing risk. So the best approach to this is to do your scenario planning. So this is your what if we are in a recession, what we do, you know. So overall, I think, and this isn't sort of rocket science, I'm sure many other marketing managers, many other heads will do this. We take a very pragmatic approach to scenario planning. So there's no special formula. It's a bottom-up approach across all different functions, including marketing. So the way that we would normally want to think about is at the minimum, what do you need to do to run the lights on, to keep the show on the road across your owned media, your paid media, 
and your earned media. So the minimum is your owned media are things like your websites that you need to maintain, the content that's on your social media feeds, uh, you want to maintain your email marketing efforts, our podcasts, you know, all of these continue to deliver the client experience. Then you need to look at the next level. This is your paid media, where and where you should be saving, what you should be doing. And you need to be asking, you know, is this going to be a risk to our brand if you cut our media? So we look at lower cost channels, right? Which is the for the most part are our digital channels. And then we prioritize the trade-offs. You know, we reduce in-person events maybe, or we keep uh, and focus on revenue generating programs. You know, we look at continuing lead generation or ABM activities, and then we do it across all levels of marketing activities and so on. So we've just kind of covered our owned media and uh, our paid media. Now we need to also look at efficiencies, right? So we look at how we can leverage humans do we insource, outsource? You know, do we take this opportunity to build up our capabilities in-house? Uh, look at how we can improve workflows and processes, how we do things better, faster, cheaper. And then, of course, um, the last thing is, you know, it, it does impact our MarTech spend, our digital projects overall. So you need to also balance that out, right? Can we accelerate some of our digital plans or do we uh, prioritize some of our digital projects? But overall, I think to summarize, marketing spend may be affected, but I think with good and careful planning, we or any other firm can really come out in a win situation when we're asked to cut budgets. I mean, one of the things you said there I picked up on is you know, continuing that focus on revenue generating programs, you know, a, a even more focus on marketing effectiveness, i.e. in many cases, cost effect, cost savings and efficiencies, which is, is a natural thing. Now we all know technology can enable that, but how difficult is it to get investment in the current climate to invest in technology to enable those programs? Is it doing more with what you have or are businesses open to continue investing to get those outcomes? It's a combination of both. And so I think there are three areas that you need to look at. One is around prioritization. So it's not a difficult exercise to do prioritization. And it's really around kind of putting a tick box or score against you know some of your dimensions to secure budgets or secure investments. So it could be around you know cost savings, time saving, improving the experience. It's about maybe generating leads. But also, does it align to our management priorities? Maybe our management is focused on specific products or maybe specific technologies. Is it about transforming sales? So all of those things come into the decision making. So when you take that into account, then you look at your spend and the investment and the business case around it. So you have to do a business case. No head of CXO or committee will authorize a new initiative without the business case. So that's similar to prioritization. So is it going to save time, save costs? Is it going to make us more efficient? Um, all of those things will come into your business case. So it's important to get that done. It's also important as part of business cases, what are we trying to achieve, right? What are the goals around getting that investment? Are we looking again at improving the engagement? You know, have your metrics, your KPIs, all your goals as part of that business case. And post that, if you do get the investment, then you obviously have to track and measure that out. So that's also an important step for your activities. And, and so thank you. I think to go deeper on that one is 
are businesses thinking about transformational programs right now in the climate or is it about tactical pieces of work to drive a piece of cost saving or a piece of investment and the business case supports that how, how much are you hearing from your industry peers and, and the businesses you work in about transformational programs and aligning investment behind that it's always a bit of both so you have your transformational programs that are going to generate revenue it's going to transform or improve your client experience or it's going to transform the way that sales engage with clients so there's always going to be a combination of transformational programs but also efficiency programs right so this is important because this is the the time saving the cost savings how do we do things quicker faster cheaper how do we automate things you know, how do we do things digitally, perhaps uh, getting our clients to self-service through the website? So it has to be a combination of the two, both tactical, transformational, as well as revenue generating sort of activities as well. So we need to be thinking about all of those things when we're looking at our spend, whether we are in an economic downturn or whether the situation is fantastic and we still need to do all of those things. Yeah, I mean, there's always the stringency around these programs. And I think I alluded to that at the beginning. It's just going to get ever more difficult. I know that when we host events in our Salesforce Tower, there's a lot of feedback and nervousness because there's a feeling that everybody is using the latest and greatest technology and executing perfectly. But the reality is that everybody's at a different stage of their digital transformation. But I think it's really important what you say is even if it's tactical, it ties up to an overall initiative for the business. So I think if there are people that are trying to get things done, trying to push and progress, it's really important that they tie up the piece of technology that they're looking for to that bigger picture. I, I don't know how true it is, but in the main, you're not going to get anything done if you can't prove the ROI within at least a year. So if you try to do that huge piece of transformational work, the investment is unlikely to be covered in year one. You know, you have to look longer term. So it's about breaking that project down into smaller pieces, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. And I think that any program has or roadmap has low hanging fruit, things mm -hmm. that you can achieve very quickly and you're going to see the benefits very quickly. So you need to have those. So those are the ones that might improve client engagement very quickly, improve the client experience. So we need to have those in that multi-year program. And then you've got the, the bigger piece and they tend to be technology focused, those pieces. Right? Mm -hmm. We need to implement a platform because that's going to change the way that we work. That's very much transformational and involves many parties, involves a change program. And so you need to have those things because those are the big changes that are to come in. It's going to really... I don't want to call it revolution, but more like uh, an evolution of the way that we do things in the office, mm -hmm. a different operating model. So all of those things are important when we're kind of planning out this multi-year program. The vision itself really needs to address immediate challenges that we have, which could be those small challenges around client experience, engagement, how we improve our sales process and those sorts of things. And then the longer term ones, which have really big benefits, they're mm. much more revenue generating mm. and much more about how we improve our product offering or our service offering. And they've got big technology investments in it. So we need to bear that in mind that our management will always want to see 
every quarter, what have you delivered, right? Mm-hmm. And so those are the important things that we need to set in place because three-year programs, five-year programs take a long time to achieve and things may change along the way. Yeah. Right? So we need to be able to see um, benefits straight away, basically. So yeah. plan for those immediate yeah. benefits. And I, I know you haven't got a crystal ball, Hilda, and, and so we don't know how long we're going to be in these tough times But I find that there are many people that choose the I'll do nothing option over do something option. And I think there's a greater risk that their marketing efforts could fall further behind. I mean, I I don't know, but I wonder how important marketing is seen as a function of the business. I I think it's gone up in, in recent years, the importance because of, you know, the connection to customer experience. But, but what are your views? What would you say to someone who's just going to say all marketing funding is to cease, just make do with what you've got and there's no foreseeable investment? So marketing is in such an interesting place right now, really, and particularly in asset management and in B2B. We've seen quite a lot of transformation in marketing, particularly in retail, in consumer banking, in insurance. So I feel like we've really moved out of the Jurassic period of asset management into the 21st century. And particularly in the last decade, and I think that digital marketing is now a recognized discipline in asset management. you know, mm-hmm. talking specifically of the uh, sector that I'm in. And so we've seen, you know, marketing introduce technologies, you know, to involve, you know, business models. Uh, we've looked at how marketing have really um, changed the way that we interact with clients, how we operate. And we've seen, you know, as we've talked about marketing deliver digital transformation programs, you know, in partnership with IT and our external partners. Mm-hmm. And I think more importantly, the idea that, you know, marketing is a support function is really no longer true in our industry. So marketing and sales are so much more aligned in terms of execution of marketing programs and really driving those revenue generating sort of activities. I think there's still a long way to go and that journey is in a, in a, it's in a positive way. That link and partnership with sales and with client service and with IT is so much tighter now. We've come really a long way from marketing uh, being a support function. And so, and so... Uh, you know, to sort of, you know, kind of uh, answer that little bit of a, your, your question around you know, the role of marketing and uh, what, do, what do we do? Do we just kind of sit around, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about you know, how we can uh, sell in an investment idea? The, you know, it's don't just sit there. Marketers should not just kind of sit around and be doers or be a support function. Do your planning, be creative, get your business ideas through look at the technologies, look at your people scenario, look at how you can really accelerate digital and contribute to that. You can, you'll be so surprised by how much you can accomplish as a marketing organization when you start to bring ideas to sales, to client service, how it all kind of joins up and it needs to be driven from marketing. I love that. I absolutely love that, Hilda. I think that is, um, you know, that collaboration is something that we really see in the industry. You know, tell me, in your opinion, how much can technology be a barrier to that? You know, because from a Salesforce perspective, you know, we see our, our unified platform as being an enabler. But do, have you, in your experience, seen technology being a barrier to uniting, you know, sales, service, marketing teams together? Absolutely. I think despite us as in, you know, the world and people being uh, digital natives and, you know, people have gone through that transformation of being digital, right? 
people are still afraid of technology. So it doesn't matter whether you're a millennial or a Zoomer, whether you're in your 20s, 30s or 40s, people are not necessarily all that comfortable with technology. So it will always be a barrier, but it's not that it can't be solved. So what we need to have, obviously, we need to help them understand the benefits of that technology. We need to put a change program together. And that change program is important because I think sales or client service, it doesn't matter who's going to benefit from that technology. You can't just roll it out. You need to have an engagement program, a change program that's going to help them get to use it, use it in your day-to-day, use it as part of the work that they need to do. And people will understand that it's a long process. A change program doesn't happen in a couple of months. We're still going through change programs of getting ourselves in marketing as well as sales to use the technology that uh, we want people to use because uh, it does save time. It gives uh, transparency. It saves costs and all of those things. So it's important to have that change program. You do need to have the people in place to be able to do that. And so that's another important aspect of that. You need to have the skill set. You need to be able to use your external partners, internal partners to be able to run those change programs. I think that's so important, Hilda. You've taken us through so much information there. You've originally covered, you know, the attitudes that have changed towards marketing and where we are right through to even when you have that technology, you know, do continue to invest once you have evaluated the risk and you can prove the ROI, definitely invest. But actually, if you can't get your people on board to be using it, it becomes shelfware. And that's not what anybody wants either. You know, the case was made for very good reason and then it has to be adopted. So never forget that last aspect of your investment is to bring the people along with you. Really good reminder. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So I I, I do have a burning question. Now, I know that you recently won an award. Could you tell us a little bit about the award and how come you won it? I think this one is the the Financial Services Forum Award for Marketing Technology. Yeah. Okay, so that one is um, is the video that we've been producing. So we mm. produce our videos on a monthly basis. Some of it is our, you know, part of our BAU process. With that video, which is our asset allocation video, there's a cost to it. Right. So we've got to get the people together. There's a time aspect. It takes a long time. You've got the scripts. You've got all of those things. Mm-hmm. And we've got to distribute it on different websites in different countries, different languages. Mm-hmm. And so the idea for that, look, how do we get all of that out, distribute it quickly without it costing um, a great deal of uh, money, which you know has been costing us a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so the idea was to be able to use uh, an avatar and AI in the video. And what's happened with that is we only do a single video in English and in the other languages, we use an avatar of the people who are in the videos and we overlay it with voice technology mm-hmm. in that different language, in that um, Italian, or French or Spanish language. And that's what we've done. And basically we save time. Mm-hmm. We can we basically cut down the process of three weeks down to four days, but also we've saved a lot of costs as well in producing um, videos. So we've basically saved up to about 80% of the cost producing wow. additional videos in other languages. And so that's probably a, quite a good example. Of, fantastic um, example of how to be creative. Yeah. Efficiencies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're and that's why with and- that uh, effort. That was Best Use of MarTech Award. Am I right? Yes, that's right. 
Yeah, amazing. I'm very pleased with that. Um, I think that uh, yeah, it saved us so much time in terms of uh, producing videos and distributing them out. Brilliant. So come on, Hilda, I'm really interested. Um, <laughs> what what it's... has been the the best investment that you have made in marketing? That could be tactical, somewhere you got a good win from it. It could be uh, it could be something bigger. Where, where have you? Well, that's like the million dollar question, Miles. <laughs> Can I phone a friend? <laughs> no. So so. Um, I'm going to answer it in a different way, right? So there isn't a single most important investment. I have to say that it's collectively, right? There is a digital marketing multi-year program of investment that's important. And that has three parts to it. So there is the MarTech stack, there's the people part and the activity. So the program covers all of those three areas. And I'm going to very quickly say with the MarTech, there's really kind of five key layers of the MarTech stack, which I call the layer cake. Mm -hmm. So these are your essential technologies that you need to invest in. So yeah. at the bottom of the layer cake, we have the data. This is your client data, your product data. This is your source of truth. Yeah. The second layer from the bottom, your marketing analytics, your sales intelligence, what you need to be able to understand and use that data to drive decisions. The third layer is your sales engagement technology. So it lets your salespeople engage with the content that you've produced, lets your salespeople engage with your clients. The fourth layer is your marketing automation layer, your journey orchestration tool. And then the final fifth layer, the, you know, the top, the icing is your content marketing and your digital experience technology, right? That serves your content to your clients. And then we talked about the second category, the people part, which is really important that makes it happen, the people who drive the change programs and the people who use the technology. And then the last part, obviously, are the, um, the activities. This is your, your marketing program, your sales enablement program, your demand generation program, all your campaigns, right? All three parts of your investment come together to drive the client experience, to drive transformation and to drive revenue. That was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. really insightful. Re I really enjoyed that conversation today. I think um, I think you've made some fantastic points. I think I have learned. I think we have learned, and mm. I hope that our listeners have learned as well. So, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thank you, Miles. Thank you, Joe, for having me. I had a great time. Thank you, Hilda. It's been wonderful. Thank you. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe to be notified of new episodes. Reach out to us on LinkedIn or email us at podcastuk@salesforce.com. If you want to give us feedback or suggest content for new episodes. Until next time. Thanks for listening.